The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. It's amazing what we give our, our time to, what we give our attention and our time to. Um, you know, I, the countless uh, hours of social media and uh, texting and uh, Facebook and, um, you know, Netflix, Hulu, all of it. You know, it was, I'm working on, I'm in the process of getting my hunting license. And I got to tell you, it's crazy. Because it's like nine chapters, 30 pages in each chapter, with a test at the end of each chapter. And you have to make an 80 to move on to the next chapter. And I'm like, dear Lord, I just want to go out and kill something. <laughs> and, and so I, it, it's amazing. I, I, started, I couldn't help but to think... Man, what if we had to do that for everything? What, you want to get married? Okay, great. Here is this nine-chapter book with 30 pages. And each year you have to take and you have to get it above an 80. Uh, I mean, I was like, you know, I know that some of you would be like, that'd be great. Other ones are like, government control. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was just thinking about how, how it's amazing how much we put time into things that we give to, and uh, I want to tell you, church, God has called us to be givers. God has called us to be givers. Jesus w- calls us the light of the world, and we give that into darkness. Most of the disciples gave their life. John the Baptist gave his head. God gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us his life, and there's no part of the gospel in which we don't give. It is the whole message of the Bible is that when, when instantly, it was, it was amazing. Yes, man had to work, but, but, but when, even in the beginning in Genesis, God gave life to Adam. Then God gave Eve to Adam and God put them in the garden. There was all of this. In other words, I'm going to give you a life. I'm going to give you a wife and I'm going to give you a place. Now you have to take care of it. And I think sometimes, because of where the church is, we forget that there's a part that we take care of, that there's a part that we do, that there's this grace side, but then there's also this part that we take care of. And I want to turn real quick quick to Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. And, um, you know, luckily for me... This is Jesus mainly talking here, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to seem a little harsh, but, but it's, it's Jesus. I mean, what you going to get mad at me? Don't get mad at me. All right. Luke chapter 14, verse 25, and it says, Now the great multitude went with him and turned and said to them, here's what Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate, what? What? Why, why would the Son of God even use the word hate? Hate is a nasty word. I mean, it, it's a bad word. It's a culturally um, irrelevant word. I mean, we don't, use ha- we don't use hate. Only bad people use hate. Look at this. If does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister, auntie, grandma. I mean, he's like going through and list Anybody that you have a heart for, hate them. <laughs> what? Look at this. And his own life, 
he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost of whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it will begin to mock. In other words, he's saying, okay, listen, it's like this. Nobody goes out and builds a building because if you start building this building and you can't get it finished, they're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about your money. They're going to talk about your spending habits. They're going to talk about your mama. They're going to talk about you. And at the water cooler, you're going to be the guy that everybody's talking about because you started something and couldn't get done. In other words, you didn't know how much you had. You overspent. What kind of guy? I mean, if you know you only have 40,000, you don't need to be building 80. That's just how it is. And so Jesus is starting to walk through, and Jesus is great at telling these stories. He goes on a little bit further, and he says, 30, saying that this man began to build, was unable to finish. And then 31, what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while others is still great a way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. In other words, what king goes to war and knows he can't whoop the guy he's fighting? I mean, you know, I don't know where you're from, but guys especially, we have this inherent ability, we know who we can whoop. Girls, you may not think about that all the time, but maybe you do. I can take her. I can take her. I drop kick her. She's gone. But guys, we size people up. We do. We, we, we know, okay, I can whoop him. I can whoop him. I can whoop him. I don't know about that, dude. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and we learn this in school, okay? That's my chair. You know, we, we just learned who we can whoop and who we can't whoop. And Jesus is saying, don't go pick a fight with a guy that you can't whoop. Because at the end of the day, you're down on the ground and he's walking over you. And I think that as we're looking at this, you know, a lot of times we forget to assess that there is a cost within Christianity and, 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 and salvation for us as believers is not just one part, okay? There are three, and I know this is, and I should be more technical, you know, I should have put it on, you know, I should have put it on my computer and had a chart, a flow chart, whatever, but y'all just gonna have to low end it with me for a little bit. Uh, We just started seven weeks ago, so this is what we got. Um, But we, we see in scripture, that when you get saved, when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, that instantly all of your past, all of your sin is washed away, right? If you've been in church, you understand that and you, and you get that, okay? So when, when, we, when we get saved, it is, we receive the Son and we get saved, it is, it is now, okay? It is right now. Right now, I'm saved. Right now, my sin is gone. Right now, I am free. Right now. And, and this is the part that we like to stay in. We like to stay in this category. But Jesus is telling us within this story that there, maybe there's more to this than just the now. Maybe there is the, the daily. 
And then, and then maybe that's not it. Maybe there is also forever. Because the truth of the matter is, we're not saved. I mean, ultimately, we have not met Jesus at the mercy seat. We've not entered into heaven. And the Bible says that when we do that, we enter into rest. So obviously, I'm not resting yet. I still have to contend with this body, this mind, this flesh. I still have to think nice things about everybody. Come on, I still have to, when you cut me off, I have to not want to raise my hand in the middle section. I, I, I still have to deal with the flesh. People getting mad at me. me just the other day. I'm coaching little girl soccer. This dude comes at me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to fire. I'm a pastor of a church. We're about to throw down. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love Jesus, but don't mess with me. I, I know the devil. And I'm thinking, oh, have you ever been there? You're at Walmart. Something's happening. Someone stops too long in a stoplight. It's green. You're on your phone. I will get out of my car and pull you out of that dude. We daily. I have to pick up my cross. Daily, I have to surrender. Daily, when 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 my wife gets offended at me, she has to forgive me. Every other daily. My, my point is that there, Jesus is trying to make us see that maybe it's just not a quick raising hand and, 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 and this ultimate you know, lottery ticket, but maybe there requires some management. And that doesn't negate the fact that our sin has gone, but maybe this, I don't know what you like, bass boat, um, I don't, a new car. If I came to you and I said, you know what, I like you. I am going to give you a 2016 bass boat. Okay, someone said, someone said and the preacher said. <laughs> okay, now, now let's think about this. I'm going to give you a free gift. You did nothing to earn it. You, you, it's not because of any other thing other than I want to give you that gift. Do you know that once I give you that gift, now that gift requires management? Do you know that you have to winterize your boat? You have to put gas in your boat? You have to keep it going? You have to keep it functional? It's not like, yeah, I got a free gift. This is awesome. I could sell it. Maybe I could make 30000 But the bottom line is, from the time that I received the gift, even if I'm going to sell it, I've got to go through the process. And there is some work to my faith. Daily, I got to take my thoughts captive. Daily. I have to watch out and make sure that I respond in the way that Jesus would respond. And if I don't understand that I have to manage this, because here's the deal, well done, good and faithful servant. The Bible says, well done, good and faithful servant. Obviously, if you were going to help, well done, good and faithful servant, you have to be a good and faithful servant. I know, it's kind of tricky. <laughs> now let's look at this. Because, oh man, I think I forgot my eraser. I'm not to use Is it? Is it really? Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> See, the, the reason I want to talk about this is because our culture has a different system than God. And, 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 and the title of what I want to talk about today is if you're going to be the one, you're going to have to always give. We always give. Always. And see, the world has a system and God has a system. And here's what the world system is. The world system is, says if you want to be someone, 
If you want to be respected, if you want to be someone of caliber, if you want to be someone that the world thinks that you finally made it, then what you do is you give your, your time, your focus, then you give your heart, and then you make some, come on, money. Right? This is the world system. The world says, hey, you got to go to college. you got to go do something. If you want to be an entrepreneur, man, we, I, I, it wasn't long ago that uh, uh, I don't know what rapper it was. Maybe it was 50 Cent that, that said, I don't know, maybe you haven't ever heard a preacher talk about 50 Cent. But anyway, he, said, he talks about sleep. I don't sleep. What, what is, what's sleep? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make, and so our world operates on this. You give your time, you focus your, whatever your brand is, you put that in your heart and you wear it and you make some money. This is how the world does life, but this is how God does life. God does it directly opposite. It's totally different. And so as we look through today, the Bible says, turn with me to real quick to Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. And it says this, For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, 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 let's look at this. So most of us, the reason that, that I feel like, because the one thing that I feel like the body of Christ needs to do a better job is we need to do a better job at transformation. Mm-hmm. Where we are in this world, but we're not of it. Okay? And so what we do is we, we preach a lot of heart. Come on, if you've been in service, we're going to talk about heart, we're going to talk about heart, we're going to talk about heart, but the problem is I can't even get to your heart till I talk about your money. That's, that's, that's what the Bible talks about. I, we can't even talk about this until we talk about this. It, remember the rich young ruler? He came to Jesus. There's a story in the Bible where a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, hey, How do I inherit eternal life? Jesus says, obey the commandments. He said, man, I've done that. He said, all right, great. Just go sell everything and come follow me. What? (laughs) And the Bible says it was hard for him because he had great wealth. Now, here's the problem is that we have a lot of different camps when we talk about money. We have the camp that says you should suffer and have no money and no material possessions because all of that material possession can, can hurt your heart. It can, it can mess with your, your ability to hear the Lord. And you know what? That's right. But it's not totally complete because here's the thing. The tithe in the Old Testament was 10%. Everything that Jesus did, he took it to the next level. In the law, it said, the law said, do not commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Here is the law. Here is what I say. He, He talks about divorce. He talks about all of this stuff in the Bible. Here is what the law says, and here is what I say. 
there was a huge difference in these two. Okay, now what do we know about this? There was a story. The widow's might, and I'm going to tell you this story because you may not know about it. But here is the story. The story is that the religious people came and brought their tent. They brought what the law said. And so they brought it, but the widow brought everything that she had. And Jesus, here's what he said, which one just gave more? And the disciples were like, obviously this lady. He said, you're right. See, here's the thing. The tithe, our money, what we spend on, all of that stuff. You know, living on this end, giving everything away, or living on this end and having some. God has always cared about your heart. Always. The fact of the matter is, this, this ministry would not be there if there weren't people who didn't have money and a lot of it. And we had people say, we believe in the calling of God on your life. Here is a $10,000 check. Go over there and help Northwest Arkansas. Jesus was funded by people who had money. Jesus lived in a tomb that was borrowed because someone had money to give it to him. Money is not bad, but it cannot have your heart. It cannot have you. It cannot be the reason that you do what you do. Listen, we've got to make sure that, that the money that we have is just a tool. And, and our goal is to further the kingdom of God. We want to further the kingdom of God. That's what we're living here for. I'm going to further the kingdom of God. Now, that may be an outreach. That may be a ministry. That may be a school. That may be a whatever. That, the job is to further the kingdom of God. And so I want to tell you the very first thing. We live in a generation where everybody's in debt. And, and, and I want to step on this and I'm going to move quickly back because I don't want you to hate me. <laughs> but listen, you've got to get out of debt. Too many times the kingdom of God wants to move forward, but we got people paying 27% interest on groceries. Now listen, I understand there are times that it gets hard. And what are we going to do about Christmas? And what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about that? But here's the deal. The Bible talks about that, 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 hey, the lilies of the field. Come on. They don't, they don't stress about how it comes. Maybe, maybe we could start by putting our trust in our Heavenly Father who will provide for us. We work hard. We work diligent. We live within our means. But, but what if we trusted God for the resources? The second thing is I want to talk about our heart. Our heart. Proverbs 33, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Come on, it's so easy for offense and correction and compromise to get in our, our hearts and compromise always stops the movement of God in our life. Always. Listen, we have to have a desire to grow the things of God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can trust it? Come on, every song in this culture is trust your heart, go with your heart, whatever your heart tells you, because it's counterculture. God says you have to train your heart and you have to move your heart. Listen, you remember when, and, and I'm using these stories just to kind of talk about what we're talking about, but last week we talked about King David and we talked about when he was anointed 
to be king. And, and how God said to Samuel, don't look at anyone's outward appearance, but you look at their heart. Okay, that's what he said. So now Samuel anoints David. David, in years to come, becomes king. And here's the deal. He moves from a, a worshiper in the field, taking care of a little bit of responsibility, to pretty much having every one of his needs met. And it hurts his heart. Every one of his needs is met. He lacks for nothing. He can pick and choose his schedule. He has no obligation. And all of a sudden, he's walking outside, and he sees this girl bathing, and he's like, holla at your boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what I love is this. In Psalms 51.10, um, and you can turn there if you want, but there was a song that we used to sing um, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it was, uh, create in me a clean heart. Remember that? For those of you who came, grew up in church, oh God, renew a right spirit. David slept with this woman, had an affair, became an adulterer, killed her husband, killed him because he did not want her to find out had a baby with this woman, and the prophet comes to him and said, bro, you messed up. And he begins to go to God and says, man, created me a clean heart. And listen, let me tell you something. A lot of believers are trying to fix themselves when you need to go to God and you need to say, God, I've blown it. I've messed up. I've been where I haven't been. I've been where I shouldn't have been. I've entertained what I shouldn't have entertained. I've been involved in what I shouldn't. And you maybe you need to break yourself a little bit and you need to get real and raw and transparent and go create in me yeah. a clean heart. Yeah. Because I can't do it myself. I can't fix it myself. The next thing that we see here is focus. Focus. Matthew 24, 13 says, but he who endures to the end, everybody say to the end, to the end. will be saved. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your ways to the Lord. Corinthians uh, Chronicles 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above. Can I tell you this? Our world causes us to micromanage and compartmentalize our life. And if we're not careful, we'll have all of these different categories. And this is my marriage category. This is my parent category. This is my business category. This is my church category. And we'll have all of these categories. But God does not want to be one piece of the pie. He wants to be all of it. He wants you to parent like a believer and, 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 and marriage like a believer. And he wants you to handle your finances like a believer. And he wants you to work like a believer. All of it comes under one thing. Our focus. And maybe, maybe today your focus has been a little off. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where, you know what? You're like, Stephen, I... This is for me. I needed this today. I've been focusing on uh, deadlines. And I'm not saying that you don't have to manage your life. I've been focusing on my kids' issues. I've been focusing on a lot of things. But what I really need to do is I need to focus on Him. 
Your focus will always lead you to time. See, here's how it goes. Money will open up your heart, and I can tell what's in your heart by looking at your checking account. Your heart will lead your focus because whatever you love, you're going to focus on. I, uh, one of the things I've known about uh, Brittany's husband, his name is Jonathan, he, he, he comes here and helps us, and he's actually my assistant soccer coach and, uh, and bodyguard when that time arises. Uh, <laughs> But he, but he loves soccer. He loves it. And he watches it. And every time I call him, he's either played soccer, is watching soccer, or is talking about soccer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you, you pretty much like soccer. <laughs> Listen, your heart will cause you to focus in on what you care about. And whatever you focus, you'll make time for. Right. Come on, don't tell me that you ain't got time for your mate. Because you know what that means. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, uh-huh. <laughs> but, my, my point is that we've got to make sure, listen, listen, if we make time for what we care about and, and in all of our life, we have to cheat on something to do something else. I'm not talking about cheating like unfaithful. I'm talking about you have this many hours in the day and you choose to do this and not do this. And so when people tell me, I've been trying to pray. I've been trying to read my Bible. I've been trying to, you know, get in church. I've been trying, and I'm not making small. I know it, some places you go, it's like, man, I, I don't even know if they're a Christian, and that's an occult. Uh, I don't even know what, I, I, I get it. I, I understand it, it's a process and it's hard. But, but my point is that whatever we focus on, we make time for. And listen, whatever we make time for, that time causes us to be able to give something. You know what I'm saying? If you make time for whatever it is, you're going to have a knowledge. You're going to have some, some insight on how to manage this, and you're going to be able to give something. And the problem is that I see in life is that many people don't think they have anything to give. But that's not true. Just because you don't know how to give it doesn't mean you don't have it to give. There are a lot of things that you have to give. In fact, anything that you've experienced that someone else has not experienced makes you a professional in that area. If somebody in this in church had a baby and we had two babies that were born prematurely and had to go to Little Rock uh, Children's in Little Rock and we had to experience the NICU and going in there and thinking, okay, what's going to happen with our baby and believing in faith and watching all these parents. And so if someone instantly, man, they had a baby and then, and then they, it was like a couple weeks early, I could give my perspective and I could send hope you hear what I'm talking about? Don't tell me that there's not something that you can't do. You can be the one in your job. You can mentor somebody. You can help somebody. If it's music, if it's art, if it's, I don't care what it is, you have something that you know how to do, and Jesus always grafted in spiritual concepts with life. Hey, guys, you see that yeast? Yeah. Those religious people have a lot of it. Don't get that in you. Well, I thought it was just yeast. <laughs> no, it's a spiritual principle. 
Hey, I thought we were just going to go fishing. Hey, I thought we were just going to, hey, I, you know, I'm really good in the corporate world. I just understand it. I understand meetings. I understand business. I just understand this. I get this. You're telling me that there's not anybody that you could mentor and disciple and influence that wants what you have? All of you have a purpose. God has something for you. And as we finish this and we begin to talk about giving, you know, already in this place, and we, we make available the, 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 the offering and the tithe, and, and we come in and we give, and, and there are a lot of places that you can give, not just here. But since we have opened, we have done an outreach at the apartment complex. We've done an outreach at a um, baseball uh, batting cage. We've done an outreach at the, the rack. And what do we have? At least... 70 people show up, at least 70 over that come. We're constantly doing out, constantly building. Listen, listen, we're constantly advancing the kingdom of God because here's the deal. I don't want to just attract church people, although I, I, I want, I don't, anybody wants to come, that's great. But I want to see people get saved. Yeah. I want to see people's lives get changed. I want to see them grow and come in here and parent different and raise their kids different. And I want to raise up men and women of God. On Tuesday nights, we have Bible studies. Now, let me ask you something. I understand we're in a culture, not just in northwest Arkansas, everywhere, where we do church maybe one time a week. But some of you are desperately needing community. And personally and corporately, we got to give personally. And we got to give corporate. And I know, and there are three ways that we want to make sure that that you're able to give here in the house. Three ways that that I think is important for us. You know, the first is this. You can give your money, your time, your time. Come over, we need people greeting at the door. We need people working at, in the, in the um, little kids, uh, the tots. We need parents. We need people. We need, come on, I, I want to see people rotated in and come to the service. There are people who've been, and, and, and everybody who comes says the kids department is incredible. And if you're a parent and you've come, I promise your kids are going to love it. Because I already know what they're doing today. They're going to love it. They may wrap the New, the New Testament to you, but it's going to be cool. Just put that playlist on jam. Uh, but, but here's the thing is they love it, but, but we gotta, we gotta cycle in. We gotta have a way to cycle in and out. We gotta have all of our people grow and be fed. There's place here for you to give. You know what? We want you to touch ministry. We don't want you to just give in the church. We want you to go out and touch ministry. Put your hands on, pray for somebody, give out, get outside of your bubble, get outside of, uh, of what you normally do. Meet somebody that maybe is not in your classification or, or where you're at. Just, let's, let's, let's touch ministry. And then we also give in our life groups and community groups. Groups. I, we do we do fun things but we do spiritual things we want to grow on Tuesday night we grow then there are times quarterly that we'll do an outreach but then we do fun stuff and just do life together and play volleyball and I go, wow, that's all childishness <laughs> is it is it because are we going to be able to, to to do life for if this is going to be our church family when you're struggling, if we don't know you, how can we be there for you? 
Come play volleyball. You may be terrible. Come into a game night. Come hang out with us. The bottom line is this, is that you're going to give somewhere. And people say, well, my life is too full and I cannot give anymore. And here's what I would say. You're probably right, but that's been a choice. This last week, I talked to two couples that were having a lot of marriage issues. And when we got down to it, the bottom thing that they said to me is that we don't have any community and it's just us and we go to church and we leave. That's not this church. Now, if you want to come in and go out, we love you and we're not judging you. And we understand that there are times and seasons and there may be other circumstances that we don't know. You're taking care of someone, you're doing something. Come in and go out, just get fed, let God touch your life. But for those of you who are looking for some community, some women to go to lunch with, some men to connect with, the Bible says that no man is an island. You cannot do it by yourself. We've got to have some people. And here's the deal. We are a church that's going to make room. I want to hear and see. Man, the guys got together. They went over here. We're talking about a camping trip for the men. We're going to go over here. We're eating lunch together. The ladies are getting together. We're going to do coffee. We're going to do... And guess what? I already know you left one church or maybe another church because they gossip and they're this and those women. Those dirty that women <laughs> those men aren't friendly though I get it and the more people we come the more flesh we're gonna have to deal with <laughs> but at the end of all that come on I was at a funeral this last weekend a young man who passed away at 20 very sad I've known him all his life and there were so many people there that loved him, loved his family. My goal is that we have, and the reason we called it the house, we want a family. We want a family, and we want to grow. I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not staying 20, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but in that, I want a place where, you know what, in your time of need, the church can be there and that you have a community and friends that you're doing life with that is helping you remember life's not about money it's not money's a tool and it's a gift come on we have we've given away four or five cars to pe young people who didn't money's a gift heart we got to take care of our heart focus man y'all come on up where are your focus time you're not going to get any more. You just got to reprioritize it. And you got to be able to give. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.